0: Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Dr. Rick, grateful to be able to hear this story today and to hear it first person from these sweet families. Uh, I know that uh, as we talk about Eastern Europe, I know that that's a sweet spot in your heart, as all three of your children came home from the country of Ukraine. And uh, bro, I I know that not only is this story special to you because you've been a local church pastor, <laughs> you uh, you certainly uh, have helped with our church engagement. Um, but also because of your adoption from Ukraine, and then certainly, Jana, I'd love as well here initially for you to give us some perspective. So, Dr. Rick, just give us a, a little bit about why this is so special to you. Yeah, I,
1: you know, Herbie, I think it it's really um, when you know hearing the story the first time and and seeing you know the pictures that that Jana shared, um, really just being reminded in God's economy of things about how, you know, how big we see the world and sometimes how disconnected we see things and and getting to be a part of or getting to be around a story like this to, to just have a little bit of a grace moment to say, man, God just, God orchestrated the, the bringing together of a couple of families and the intertwining of the story and of stuff that could have happened anywhere across the world, people not knowing each other. I mean, how many times do we have this reminder that um, God is just in it and, and he's, he's working in our lives and he gives us um, kind of these neat, you know, just really cool um, kind of confirmation moments. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know it, it, it amazes me sometimes the way that we, that we're able to you know just see and trace the hand of God in, the midst of what seem like just kind of crazy circumstances, um, things we know that can't be coincidences, and it's it is just kind of like God's God's just dropping a little you know a little something out there just to remind us and encourage us and and to to help us to know that He really is in control. And so this was this is just a this is just a really encouraging um, story. And we just thank you guys for being you know being willing to come today and um, and and tell it because I think a, a lot of the folks that listen to our podcast will be we'll be reminded of just how much um, God is in the midst of building all of our stories. Right, Jana?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think where I want to just jump off because I could talk about (laughs) y'all's, each of your stories for for a while, but Lisa, it really meant a lot to me when you shared uh, with me um, as we were texting on that Sunday and we even talked a little bit, um, tell me a little bit about going way back when uh, Ellie and John Reese were at Decatur Heritage and just how you began to pray for the Ross family and their adoption. Tell us a little bit about that story, because I didn't know that. And I was just fascinated with just I shouldn't be, but just how God works. And it's just really cool. And how how that you know, affected maybe y'all's decision to pursue adoption at some point. Right, right. So
3: our oldest child is 22. And when he started first grade, I started attending a mom's prayer group and on our very first typed piece of paper that we passed around the room and prayed, um, we were praying for the Rosses and I had never met them. We were new to the school and she was the counselor there and um, they were in Ukraine. If I remember correctly, I just remember praying all year for a child. And then maybe, and then it was going to be maybe two, of course it was two. And, um, from a very young age, I had had a heart for adoption, but we hadn't really felt a specific call to adoption at that point in our parenting and marriage in our lives. And so, um, I definitely feel like just watching them go through that journey, um, when they got home, Steven actually was in Ellie, our mental child's class at school. So we got to watch that come all the way full circle. And then of course now even more so that we didn't even know what was to come, but, um, yes, it definitely ignited a passion in me. and was, uh, intriguing and I just love following along with that journey.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, that's, uh, the connection is, is, is great. And I would love Gabe and Melissa for y'all to hop in and just kind of give your recollections a little bit about when you first began to know the ham family and, um, if it, if it was through school or, or, or what that was like, but even now as y'all are in church together and, you know, Gabe, your pastor, you know, tell us a little bit about those connections.
4: Well, I think, um, I remember the Hams um, when the kids were very young, you know, kindergarten, first grade, and we had come home with our, um, two little boys. We went to Ukraine for one little boy and lo and behold, God had two boys for the Ross family. And I absolutely, without a doubt, know that the prayers of so many are what got us through that time and that season. Um, I'm just, I'm so thankful as I look back and still hear about people who prayed for us during that journey. And, um, you know, the hymns are just such a precious family and um, their children, watching them grow and watching my own kids grow, just about the same age as theirs. And I remember the first time Lisa told me that they were praying about adopting, and it was at our school, Decatur Heritage, in the women's bathroom, of course, because that's where women go to talk. And she was telling me that they they were praying about adopting and, you know, just ask a couple of questions. And so it was really neat to just have another um, family that felt that call from God on their lives. And um, it was just so neat to watch them go through this process and bring such an amazing young girl home. And um, just to watch Lizzie to grow and thrive and, you know, just become such an amazing part of their family.
2: I love that.
5: Um, And it's a little bit more full circle as well. So Reese, uh, you know, there at our church and he felt the need uh, and desire to reach out to some of our pastors because, as you know, pastors pour out into people's lives every day. And uh, Reese just felt a desire to pour into our lives, and so every Wednesday morning he hosts a Bible study for a couple of us at his office, and we get a chance to be poured into by Reese. And so it's a, a really cool, full circle story, even in that you know area of the story. I
2: love that. Well, so, so Reese, tell us a little bit about y'all, were our, our second adoption from Hungary. Tell us a little bit about. As we began to talk about referral, you guys really thinking outside the box a little bit as, as a couple to uh, pursue this this sweet referral that, that came to your attention.
6: Sure. Well, I'll just take you a little bit back to the history of thinking outside of the box. Um, Lisa had always wanted to adopt, and I did not. Um, so um, I started going to Belize in 2007, and God just started to change some changed my heart and opened my heart to see, uh, the world in a different way and a lot of different children down there. And just all the things that I learned from serving on the the mission field in Belize, I brought back to, to the fact of if my wife really wants and feels called to be adopted or to go through adoption, then, um, I should probably at least pray about it. And so, you know, we have spiritual markers in our life, and I truly believe those, and I have certain ones. And so she gave me the book of uh, Choosing to See by Mary Beth Chapman, and I agreed to read it on the beach, and I did that. And um, that was the change. It, it just opened my eyes to say we need to adopt. Um, some things changed in our, in our lives from a work perspective that would allow us to do that, And so um, just moved forward with, I came home from the beach, told her we're going to adopt. And so I got on Lifeline's website and started reading about all the different countries. And uh, selfishly, I wanted to be the first from Hungary, Um, but we (laughs) we ended up being the second. But um, as I looked through uh, Hungary and comparing to all your different countries, I just kept, kept bringing it back to God has given you this opportunity to work remote for a little time in your life. And there are a lot of people that cannot spend six weeks in country. And so there is obviously a child there that is called for us to, to take into our home. And so I kept going back to that and I thought, Hungary's the place. Um, yeah, it's a long time away or it's six weeks, but our children are homeschooling. And so God just made it a way that, that it made it an opportunity for us to get outside the box and go to Hungary and uh, live for six weeks, and it's it's something that I would obviously never change for our family, uh, but as well as um, Lizzie.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I remember, I remember those days. And um, so, so Lisa, from your perspective, you know, when y'all learned about Lizzie for the first time, tell us your tell us your thoughts. Tell us your your experience and you know, what, what y'all did as a family at that point?
3: Yeah. So we definitely felt like God had told us that we had a girl waiting. That was just never, um, an issue. Like we all just felt like God said, you have a little girl waiting for you. And, um, I just really felt like God just kept giving me this vision of this little bitty girl on my hip and that I was gonna hold and putting a stroller and all these like little bitty things. and then um so we had thought three or four would be about the age. And you know this is such a big leap. and um you know, I think sometimes we start thinking, well, we're gonna do something big here, and God's giving us the courage to do it. so, we kind of want it to be our way. But that's not really how God works. And so we kept working on our hearts and working through the referral process. And we waited and waited. And when we got the referral, Lizzie was five, she would be six when we got to her. And that was a little bit just a little bit um, shocking at first a little bit like, wait, this wasn't how we ordered this plan. And um I got the call from Jana and Ellie was in the back seat and she could see my face that I was like shocked and just kind of trying to take it all in and she said mom this will be perfect now she won't just be the baby sister she'll be my friend mm-hmm. and so that was huge confirmation um at that point and Reese was like I don't I mean they sent us a referral and we prayed for a little girl. This is her. It really didn't matter to me when her birthday is. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of the one that had to a little bit let go of that. But when we got to Hungary, Lizzie was teeny tiny and spent a lot of time on her mama's hip. So God was faithful in all of that. And whether or not I could hold her and carry her around really doesn't matter. But he did give us those desires to just bond with her like that and have a little bitty one in the family for a little bit. She was just a little older than we had felt. Yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely. I remember I remember those days um, vividly and um, very fondly um, and just all that you guys helped us learn. And, and Lizzie, I don't know if you know this, but your your family helped us learn so much about adoptions from Hungary. And we've had lots of kiddos come home since then. And so I'm just very thankful for you and for your family. Um, Gabe and Melissa, tell us a little bit about just when you. Uh, you guys kind of began to learn that, hey, the hams are traveling, or we know they're traveling. I know y'all were not going to same churches yet, but tell me what you remember about hearing about their story.
5: Yeah, I don't know uh, what Reese was talking about, thinking outside the box, and um, it's tough for us sometimes as men to to let our hearts grow in an area that, you know, you think about time, finances, family you already have to care for, and Every time I talk to dads or hear the story of them thinking about fostering an adoption, I know what they're going through. Uh, it's one of the scariest things that a, a man can experience because there's so much uncertainty and unknown. And as Lisa was saying, you know, we like to have a plan and a package and, and a box. And I know Reese, what he does for work, uh, he he is that way. He he understands, knows, uh, you know, what he's trying to accomplish and has a plan for all that, and and typically has everything under control and you know, following God in this process means you have to to lose that control. You have to let it go. And it's part of your growth and sanctification that you don't really know that God is doing in you, but he is doing that in you as much as he is rescuing a child. He's also rescuing a dad at the same time. So, you know, and when I heard their story and uh, just understood what he was going through, um, it just, it makes you understand and sympathetic, but it also in a, in a very odd, I guess, holy way, uh, learn to respect a man a little bit differently than than you would. Not that somebody that's not fostering, adopting, you don't have that respect, but it's just a different it's a different level of respect of knowing what they've gone through and their heart has gone through to, to let that go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I love how y'all are so interconnected uh, even now at the same church and with Gabe as, as pastor. And that leads me to, uh, Lizzie, just wanting to ask you a couple of questions and I would love for you to share with me a little bit about just your mom and dad and how they began to, sh- to share with you about Jesus. What do you, what did you remember learning about Jesus as a young girl?
7: I remember that when I was very young, I loved to sing in the car and the song was called, uh, God's not dead. Yep. I'm super young, and I love that song every time when it came on.
2: That's great. That's great. And I know, Lizzie, that your your brother and sister have been a big part of your life. But I can I can see y'all all in the car, you know, driving, mom driving, and and y'all singing that song. Um, Lizzie, tell me a little bit about. When you begin to realize that you needed to become a Christ follower and that you begin you needed to know about Jesus, tell me a little bit about that.
7: Uh I told my mom that I wanted to be a Christian. So I thought about it a long time and I'm like, all right, yeah, all right, let's yeah, I think I want to be a Christian. So I I I knew that um I was a sinner, and I asked God to uh, forgive me, and, uh, but I kept uh, doubting and wondering if I was ready, so. Yeah, yeah.
2: How, How, Lizzie, tell me, tell me on that, on that Sunday, when it was time for you to be baptized, your, your mom shared with me your, your testimony, and, um tell me tell me how what was that day like for you how did you feel
7: uh it felt great (laughs) um uh so um about like 28 people came and watched me a lot of my friends old teachers new teachers and all of that so that
2: very that is so incredible well i i do want to ask you another question Tell me, um, tell me why Peter is your favorite book in the Bible.
7: Because he, um, because Peter's my favorite, because like when I sinned, like Peter did sin to Jesus and like, like, and like disobeying and like didn't obey what he did that God wanted him to do. And it felt like I did that too. Mm -hmm. I was so close to Jesus, but I wasn't sure, but I knew I was, but like I wanted to get closer and then I finally got close to him. So that's,
2: that's great. I'm so happy that you've shared all of that with us, Lizzie. And um, you know, Reese and Lisa, just and, and Gabe and Melissa, y'all can jump in here too. Reese and Lisa, really tell me what it really means to you guys to have a pastor and a pastor's wife and family that has walked those same steps as, as you've walked and how, how does that minister to you and how does that minister to other, um, other folks in your, in your you know, church family?
6: So um, I grew up in a very traditional church and all my whole life for 30 something years went to the same church and as I mentioned as I read choosing to see, um, going to Belize and serving on the mission field, um, it just changed my heart, and it changed me to see people in a different way, not just um, people on the mission field, but people in the U.S. that are pastors and um, not just preaching on Sunday, but what they do every other day of the week. And as we were searching for a much simpler church, um, we were searching for a smaller community, um we knew Lizzie would thrive in a smaller community, quite honestly. Um, we just felt drawn to Life Point from the first time that we, we visited there. Quite honestly, we had visited a lot of other churches, and um, we just happened to go there one Sunday, and we knew that was the place for us. Um, it just, from our perspective, um, Gabe and Melissa's preaching comes six, six days a week, not on Sunday. Uh, just... Uh, the way they live their lives, the way that they've walked through adoption, the way that they love others. um, It just, uh, that's a real preacher in my, in my opinion and a real minister. And so that's what drew us to, to LifePoint and to Gabe and Melissa.
2: Gabe and Melissa, I want to get an update on your sweet boys that are grown just about it now and how they're doing and all of your family and and tell us a little bit about circle ranch. I'd love to hear a little bit about that too. So we have,
4: our boys are now 20 and 17. One's in college, one's a senior. Um, they're doing great. Um, and we have adopted five other kids since then. Uh, we have, um, a fifth grader, a seventh grader, and three in fourth grade. (laughs) so our family has definitely grown um, way more than we ever thought it did that first time we went to Ukraine. Um, God has just blessed us abundantly. Um, and we've we've had the privilege of fostering, um, gosh, close to 25 kids now. Um, and so we are living at the Circle Ranch, which is in Danville, Alabama. And it's the old boys ranch back in the day. And we have been in the process of renovating the houses for foster families to live at in. And so right now we have four families that live out there. Um, the fifth house will be renovated soon. And we've had, um, in this past year, over 50 foster children have come through the Circle Ranch. And it's just been a, an amazing blessing. That's our, our family is out there. And, you know, it's been neat to do it together um, and to encourage each other in this journey. Um, there's so many adopted children that live there with their forever families. And then there's foster kiddos in and out. And it's just neat. Um, you know, it's, it's just like a big extended family for my kids and to know that they belong. Um, so it's been a real blessing to our, our lives.
7: That's awesome.
2: I I love, I love your story too. And just um, hearing. I can't believe the boys are that old. That's, That's wow. That's, that's incredible. Um, and, and Lizzie, I would love to just ask one more quick question of you. Tell me what you think of, of pastor Gabe as your pastor. What do you think about that? Um,
7: well, um, how he's always nice and like, like all the kids, like their family is adopted and that's very special and and they're like the most sweetest family ever and uh and they let them run around and have fun and always have a good time. That's that's
2: great. I
7: love that uh I love that you have
2: those connections that means a lot um I, I'm just so grateful for, for all of you and um, how you guys are interconnected. I didn't know until today, Reese, how you poured into pastors. That just means a lot to me. I grew up as a pastor's kid and knowing knowing that you are doing that for pastors in your community just, just means a lot to me personally. So thank you for that. And y'all are a dear family. And, and of course, Gabe and Melissa, y'all are so dear uh, to me as well. And Uh, I just thank y'all. And Lizzie, I just can't believe how much you've grown and you're beautiful. And I know you're doing great in high school and thankful for you and your life and and how you've helped me learn things. And so I'm thankful for you. Um, And so, guys, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for being a part of our podcast and helping us celebrate our 40 years. And I'll turn it back to Rick and Herbie um, to help us finish out today.
0: Gabe and Melissa and all of you, we're so grateful for your story. And Gabe, I remember the last time I was at Life Point Church on Orphan Sunday, you gave me the opportunity to share some things about Lifeline and, and to preach from God's word. And that Sunday, I had just come back from China, and there was a family visiting your church that day that heard me tell about this little girl who we had had the opportunity to get out of the orphanage and get into a hospital because she was not doing well. Um, and she found a home that day because there was a family right there at life point church that felt led to adopt her. And after that service, I I went out and a lady comes up to me and she said, it's so awesome that, you know, Gabe and Melissa, and that you came here. She said, 20 years ago, I was at the end of my rope and I learned that I was pregnant. I ended up at lifeline village and, uh, and I ended up placing my baby for adoption and had a reunion. And this has just been a beautiful thing. And I love Life Point Church. And so, brothers and sister, I just thank you guys for living your life authentically. What a pleasure it has been to know you guys since 2005 when you brought Stephen and Thomas home. And I'll, I, like I said, I'll never forget uh, eating that Big Bob uh, barbecue with Stephen and Thomas before meeting there in Decatur when they had just come home and to see the way the Lord has used you guys in so many different stories, um, for the grace and the goodness of the gospel. I'm just, I'm grateful for your family and, uh, wow, you guys don't age at all. You look the same as you did 2005 as well. So, uh, you would think with all that you've accomplished and all the Lord's accomplished through you, you would have aged a little bit, but you haven't. And, uh, For the Ham family, oh, just so grateful for just your faithfulness Uh, when you got Lizzie's picture, when you got her referral to know and to follow the Lord to bring her home and to know all the pieces of redemption. And Lizzie, I'm grateful for you, sister, and uh, you have a heritage to be able to tell for the rest of your life, and I know God's going to use you for extraordinary purposes. And so we're thankful for this podcast to be able to tell stories like that. As most of you who may know that listen to Defender podcast, I'm not going to let Dr. Rick speak because he's in tears. And uh, so we're, uh, we're grateful for you and hope to see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Defender podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info@lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.